Welcome to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Behold Israel provides biblical teachings through its tours, speaking events, and social media. It's also a reliable and accurate source for developments in Israel and the region. Amir's live updates and teachings are based on God's written word. Connect with Behold Israel on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Download our free app, available on Android and Apple, under Behold Israel. This message is titled, The Great Separation. And I want to tell you something, I've, I have an issue with this word, separation. Being born to a family that was broken, growing up in foster care, wanting to end up my life when I was 17, because of that separation. It was the separation of the parents, but it's mostly the separation of me from my God that didn't leave me any reason or desire to live. This word, separation, has a very bad and terrible and negative connotation, as you may know. And I believe that. When God created the world, I don't even think that word was in the vocabulary. If there was one thing in this amazing world in the beginning when he made it all great, at least when you read in, the only thing he separated is the sea from the land and the darkness from the light. But, but if you really think about it, God dwell among men and there was perfect harmony and peace and separation was not even going through anybody's mind. And unfortunately, it didn't take men too long to just blow it up, to just drop the ball, to just do the wrong thing. You know, God never created robots. He created people with free will. That's, that's the amazing thing about humans. We can choose to follow God or not. We can choose to worship God or not. The, God says to Moses, Moses, tell them, here I put before you evil and good, death and life. Choose life. He's telling him, choose life, but it's your choice. But we all know what happened in chapter 3 of Genesis. And we all know that there was a choice. It was a very poor choice. And we all know that Adam and Eve were separated from the place God intended them to have. And we know that it's the first time man was separated from God and it was after the original sin. And we all know that Genesis 3.24, so he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Men was separated from the tree of life. I just gave a message in our congregation in, 
in, in Israel during Christmas on Unto Us a Child Was Born from Isaiah chapter 9. And I, I explain how biblical Christmas is. You know, how important it is to celebrate the birth of that son that was given unto us. How so many pagan symbols infiltrated into that holiday, but how much we can turn them around and tell people about Jesus. Because he, so, and, and when it comes to the tree, Jesus is the tree of life. You really think, taste and see that the Lord is good. And you taste Jesus, you have eternal life. If you think about it, men was separated from the tree of life because of sin. Wow. But in that time, when the world was perfect and one or two people were not, the imperfect was removed and was separated out of the perfect world. So in Genesis 3, the sinner is the one separated from a perfect world. But that's it. It didn't take too long. In chapter 4, Cain, once again, is separated because of what he did. He's removed from the presence of the Lord in Genesis 4.16. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Still, the world was perfect. Few were sinners. And unfortunately, one of the saddest verses in their whole Bible is in chapter 6. You know sin separates us from God. Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor His ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. So the separation is because of us and because of sin. And the separation of Noah from the world is already something different. You see, from Genesis 6 and on, it was the righteous that had to be removed and separated because the whole world turned so wicked. It's no longer the wicked separated from a perfect world. From that moment, it's the righteous that is going to be separated from a wicked world. And look, Genesis 6, the saddest verses in the whole Bible. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. It's not like they were having some bad thoughts sometimes. Every thought and every intention was wicked, not today, continually. From chapter 3, with one rebellious act, to chapter 6, where everything they do is wicked and evil. And the Lord was sorry that He had made man on the earth, and He was grieved in His heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and the birds of the air, for I am sorry 
that I have made them. What a terrible thing to hear from God. And it's all He intended what? He created great... I mean, the Bible says that the creation of man was... This, is, this was the highlight of the creation. He gave men dominion over all creation. Amazing. Man was even superior to angels. But thank God for verse 8, but Noah. Say, but Noah. And remember that. We're holding on to that. In that dark world, he saw a glimpse of light, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God says, I'm going to remove the righteous from the wicked world. And it's going to be the pattern from now on. No longer the wicked removed from a perfect world. Now it's going to be the righteous that will be removed and separated. And separation thus had begun almost throughout the whole history from that time on. Separation of Abraham from his home and family. Sometimes when God is going to use you, He will separate you from your house, from your family, from your country, from your culture, from your language, to a place that He will show you. It's a necessary separation. And Abraham, in Genesis 12, the Bible says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. It's a big thing in those days, in that culture, for someone to leave his father's house. Can you imagine, what did Jesus say? In my father's house, there are many mansions. The, the greatest thing, what you take pride of, is your father's house. And he says to him, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land. And Abraham, yes, I will show you. <laughs> but there is a great promise. Don't worry. I'm not going to take you out of your country and from your land and from your home and your family and destroy you. I will take you to a place where I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You see, if God takes you out of whatever culture you are, whatever religion you are, whatever tradition you're locked into and he's using you to preach the gospel you will be a blessing to all the families of the world then there was the separation of Moses from Egypt Moses was born in that area he grew up in Pharaoh's home he he was an Egyptian in a way a prince the prince of Egypt for Disney and he was separated from Egypt. For God to work through Moses, in Moses, by Moses, he needed to separate him. And he separated him. And he was there for, for so many years with his father-in-law. 
and his wife in the desert tending sheep. That's not a great thing. You really think about it. From palace to tend sheep in the desert. Exodus 2, verse, the latter part of verse 15. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelled in the land of Midian. Amazing. And then came the point where Moses convinces Pharaoh after a long time that Israel should come out of Egypt. And now comes the separation of Israel from Egypt. And it's interesting how, how much Pharaoh couldn't take it anymore. Exodus 12, 31, 32. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. And also take your flocks and your herds, and as you have said, and be gone. But bless me also. Pharaoh knew there was a God in Israel. He knew this God is able to do everything. And he knew he needs that God's blessing. But you know, you can take someone out of Egypt, but you need to take the Egypt out of someone. And the Israelites came out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in them. They're walking in the desert, and all they think about is the food in Egypt, and the gods of Egypt, and the things of Egypt. There has to be a point where Israel was to be separated from the pagan world. This is why Moses, in chapter 33 of Exodus, when he, after he went down from Mount Sinai, he said to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses said to God, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be what? Separate. Your people and I from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Moses says, Lord, I don't send us with someone. We're not moving out of here unless you are with us. You can't expect me to be stuck with these people. And you're gone. Unless you take me out of here, I'm not moving. I need everyone around and my own people to know that it's you. So the Lord said to Moses, you know, Moses had a lot of chutzpah to talk like that to God. You really think about it? He was gutsy. And the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. You have found grace in my sight and I know you by name. When God is separating you, He knows you by name. He knows who you are, what your name is, and He wants you to demand Him to be with you. 
But sometimes it's not just the people from a foreign land or the people from a pagan world. Sometimes within the people there is a separation. Think about Moses coming down from Mount Sinai and they were celebrating the golden calf. Moses, the Bible says, Exodus 32, when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him. Within the nation, sometimes within your own, you will have to have a separation. And the only criteria is who is on the Lord's side. It's not who do you like more, who looks better, who is wealthier. It's who is on the Lord's side. And then Jesus came to the world. And when Jesus came to the world, all the rules have changed. Everything. Certain things that God tolerated before came to an end. Jesus now is providing solution for a problem that had no solution until that moment. So everything changes. And the first thing that the believers of that time in Jerusalem realize is of the need of the Jewish believers in Jesus to be separated from religion and traditional Judaism. They had to be separated. Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 and 21. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, look what Paul, a Jew, writes about Peter, a Jew. When Peter come to, came to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed for before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles, but when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. Now, this is quite harsh. Paul is writing things here. Paul didn't like it. He said, when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before all of them, if you, being a Jew, live in the manner of the Gentiles and, a, and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We, who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith, in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. No flesh shall be justified by the works of the law. A Jew, he's telling a Jew, don't act like a Jew 
and be hypocrite acting like suddenly religion matters when you know that the law cannot save them. Don't sell them that. You have to be man up and be an example. If while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live is in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. He says, everything we teach, we must practice. He said, look, we're not perfect. We're sinners. All of us are sinners. Don't tell them that you will be perfected by keeping the law when you know that the law cannot save you. We're saved by grace. But the same thing that he asked the Jews, to believers, to separate themselves from, he's now asking the Gentile believers to separate themselves from that pagan world. And now, the Filipinos will have a hard time with me. Are you ready? Okay, Acts 15. Acts 15. There was some discussion whether the believers that are not the Jews should be circumcised. So, Paul, knowing that obviously it's not required, came all the way with Barnabas, he came all the way to Jerusalem, and they, that was the first council, the Jerusalem council, where they all meet together and really discuss the matter of what are we going to do with the Gentiles. Up until now, the only believers are Jewish people. Now, Gentiles are added to faith, and what are we going to tell them? To keep the law, to be circumcised? Filipinos, listen. It pleased the apostles and the elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, of, with the name that was called Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brethren, and they wrote this letter to them. Now the letter that is written to the brothers that are not Jews. The apostles, the elders, and brethren... To the brethren who are in the Gentile of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings. Since we have heard that some of who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your soul, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment, it seems good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who, are, who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who have therefore, now we have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, 
He's saying, look, what I'm sending you now is something that the Holy Spirit confirmed. And it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. To lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. You abstain from things offered to idols, from Dinoguan, from... Oh, no, what was it? What did he say here? <laughs> okay, let's go back. Because a lot of people hear it whatever they want now. <laughs> to abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. This is it. Acts 17. Paul is in the middle of Athens. Everybody thinks that they are God's gift to the world over there. They all think that they have more degrees than the degrees outside. They are so impressed with their own education. And Paul, looking all around him, sees people who believe in at least 2,000 different gods. And God, Paul says to them, God who made the world and everything in it, since He is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is He worshipped with men's uh, uh, things, uh, with men's hands. And, and though He needed anything, since He gives to all life breath and all things. And he has made from the blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. He also determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries. Ooh, borders are from God. And of the, the boundaries of their dwellings. So that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him, God is not far. You may not believe in him, but he is there. In him, we live and we move and we have our being. And as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offsprings. Therefore, since we are the offsprings of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art of man's devising. And now he's telling the Gentiles around the world the good news that were supposed to be bad news for them. He says, truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked. When God was dealing with Israel, He overlooked the ignorance of the Gentiles. But now Christ came. Now sins are forgiven. Now there is a solution. Now there is redemption. Now, say but now. He commands all men. Say all men. Everywhere. Everywhere. To repent. You cannot be saved 
You cannot enter the kingdom of God. You cannot be a child of God. You cannot call Him Abba Father. You cannot enter into the Holy of Holies. You cannot find grace in front of that throne of grace unless you first, what? Repent. The first word of Jesus. By the way, the fact that you repent doesn't make you perfect. You might stumble and fall. You might sin. But repent is the key. Repentance is the key. And he says, now he commands all men everywhere to repent. Because people must repent. There is no automatic salvation anywhere. You must repent. Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world. There is judgment coming in righteousness by the man who he has ordained and he has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. There's also the separation of the born-again believers from false teachers from within. Whoa. Matthew 7, 21-23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven... Many will say to me in the day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name? And done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. 2 Corinthians 11, 12-15 But that I do, I will also continue to do, that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transformed himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no greater thing in this ministry if, if, if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. 2 Timothy 3. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than the lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people separate yourself turn away up until now we talked about this world and the separation the physical and the spiritual separation that you had to do in this world but I want all of you to get Ready for the great separation. A separation that will change everything because there is no way of turning back. And I am talking about the great separation of the church from 
this world. I'm talking about the physical removal of the believers from this world. This is the great separation. The rapture of the church. Yes, the word rapture is not in the Bible, but the word trinity is not in the Bible. Rapture comes from rapturo. It's in Latin. It comes from the Greek harpazo, and it is in the Bible many times. It's to be caught up, to be taken up. 1 Corinthians 15, I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be all changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put immortality. 1 Thessalonians 4, But I do not want you, brethren, to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who, fell, who, who sleep in Jesus. For this is the way... We say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of an archangel and with a trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ, this is the great separation, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The great separation. God told us to separate ourselves from so many things, and yet we're still here. Jesus could have prayed, Father, I pray that when you take me, you will take them also. He didn't. He actually said, Father, I do not ask you to take them, but I ask you to keep them from the evil one. Because they must stay here. Because they have to do your will. They have to spread the word. They have to tell the world that there is solution. There is hope. There is redemption. And it is the name of Jesus that everyone must believe in. If he would have taken them 2,000 years ago, you would be still dead in your trespasses today. He left them so we can live today. And he is about to return and take all of us those who fell asleep already, those who died in Christ, and those that are still alive, we're going to be taken out of here. Wow, that is a wonderful, wonderful separation. The great separation of the church from God's judgment is about to come. The Word of God is preached already all over the world. Israel is back in the land. Jerusalem is once again the center of world attention. The world is pushing hard for global systems to be in place for, to prepare the stage for the rule of the Antichrist. But nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The world, I always tell people, look, Jesus gave us signs of the end so we will get ready for the great separation. The world is moving so fast towards that. The mystery of lawlessness is already at work indeed. Look around you. 
people having their passports gender X. That's it. We're changing creation. We're changing the Bible. We're changing God's Word. We're changing everything. The mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Delusion is all around. People believe their own lies. Deception is everywhere. One of the things Jesus said will be in the last days, deception. You will be deceived and deceived from within and from outside. Be ready. Be sober. Look around. And the only way you can detect deception is if you are holding on to the Word of God. And if you read and if you eat and devour and you know it. Because when you know the Word of God, they cannot deceive you. We are in this world, but not of this world. Do not confirm, but be transformed. Romans 12, 1-2 I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you let the world change your mind, or do you let the Word change your mind? But, one thing is for sure, the renewing of the mind is the way for us to be, to be transformed. Because the world is conditioning us, conditioning us to a specific things. They will push it to you. They will tell you. They will boycott you if you don't think like them. They will tolerate you if you like them. They will not tolerate you if you are not like them. You have to have a renewal of the mind that you may prove what is that the good and acceptable and perfect, not will of man, but the will of God. Amen. Not the will of the world, but the will of the Lord. The great and ultimate physical separation is at hand. And you must choose your side. Remember, whoever is for the Lord... Come to me, Moses said. And only the Levites came to him. Can you imagine? Twelve tribes and only one. That tell you that when the rapture happens, you will be surprised who is going to be raptured and who is not going to be. And by the way, this is going to be the first international gathering of all believers on planet earth together at the same time by the way if you're in israel it's faster <laughs> they say when you pray in israel it's a local call <laughs> but from everywhere at the same time in a twinkling of an eye at a trumpet blast boom we're gone and we will all see each other pastor edwin And I'm not going to say, hey, where is... No. <laughs> Romans 13 says, 
Do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put, off the, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. To fulfill its lust. Romans 8 says, For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of what? Our body. Not our souls. Not our mind. Our body, we want it to be redeemed out of here. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But it, if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. And I'm asking you tonight, are you ready for the great separation? And more so... Are you ready for the great union that we're going to have in heaven? Come on. We're going to see Jesus face to face. And the Bible says, and we will never, ever be separated from him again. That's it. Jesus. Yes. Here you are. Yeah, don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. And you're looking around. And all of us will have such great bodies. All of our bodies will change. Look at you now. Oh. Pinch yourself. It's a lowly body. That's why the Bible says in a moment, in trigger, we will all change. We have to change in order to be taken out of here. This body ain't going up there. You understand? Once you change, gravity won't have any more power. We're out of here. We're gone with our new glorified... Mm. In heaven, everybody will stand in front of the mirror. Ooh, look at this. You can eat anything you want. You will never be late. No more traffic. Edsa is nothing. If you think this is the kingdom of God now, go to Edsa. Are you ready for the great union? And by the way, the union in Christ is not only union with us in Christ. The union, for example, between Jews and Gentiles. In Christ, there is union between all believers from all nations. Union with the Lord Himself. The walls of separation between the Jews and Gentiles were broken. Ephesians says, For He Himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. While we are separated from the evil world and the wicked world, there is a great unity that God is providing in Christ Jesus, and that wall of separation is gone. Galatians 3, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise.
Wow. The great separation is around the corner and we need to make sure that at least between us there are no walls of separation. We need to be united. We need to have unity between the Jews and the Gentile believers. We need to have unity between all believers all around the world. And we need to prepare for the unity with Christ Jesus. But we cannot do that without the Holy Spirit. We cannot do that without being born again. And I will end up with this. Make sure that you have oil in your lamps. The Bible tells us of that amazing parable of the ten virgins. They were all looking the same. They all thought we're okay. And when the bridegroom came, he only took those who had oil in their lamps. Oil is a typology, is the Holy Spirit. Only when you're born again, you have the gift and the promise of the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, and spirit-filled, you should know that you're ready, and therefore, you shall be encouraged. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you turn around the meaning of the word separation from something so bad to something we should look forward to. We thank you that although it's a word with horrible connotation, Father, you're about to separate us from the world and unite us with Jesus. And we are looking forward to the great separation. So, Father, we pray that tonight all of us here will be ready with oil in their lamps. For when that great separation comes, and it is around the corner, according to the signs that you told us that will characterize the days before, Father, we ask that if anyone here is not ready yet for the great separation, tonight he will separate himself from everything that holds him back. Tonight, he will understand the meaning of being transformed with the renewal of the mind. We thank you and we bless you. And we pray all of this in the matchless and the most beautiful name of the Holy One of Israel, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, Emmanuel, the Prince of Peace, in the name of Yeshua, our salvation. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thanks for listening to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Connect with Behold Israel on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Download our free app available on Android and Apple under Behold Israel. Amir's teachings can be found in multiple languages. You can also visit our website, beholdisrael.org.